0: Welcome to the Ashram podcast made possible by the American Society for Healthcare Risk Management to support efforts to advance safe and trusted healthcare through enterprise risk management. You can visit ashram.org, that's dot org slash membership to learn more and to become an Ashram member. I'm Bill Klaproth. So how do you survive the acute care environment as a risk manager? We all know there's a lot of pressure And it is a demanding job. So are there certain traits or secrets to success? And how do you achieve satisfaction and avoid burnout? Well, we're going to talk to a real pro and get you some answers as we talk with Elizabeth Huntington, Corporate Risk Officer at Baptist Health in Little Rock. Elizabeth, thank you so much for your time. It is great to talk with you. This is really going to be good because we all know that risk managers have a big job and your advice and wisdom and suggestions can help us all. So let me ask you this first, as we look over the landscape of risk managers, what are the top challenges facing acute care and what impact do these have on your risk management program?
1: Thank you again for inviting me to participate in this podcast and first question is certainly a good one to ask because I've been in acute care risk management for many years, and I will tell you that this is probably the most frantic, busy, exciting, and challenging time that I've had in my entire career. So what's so different about acute care today than what it might have been five or 10 years ago is that we have so many external pressures on healthcare, and certainly we can't ignore the fact that we are in year two of a massive pandemic, which has changed a lot of priorities in healthcare, has had a substantial impact on acute care in terms of financial, in terms of uh, patient safety, and in terms of internal prioritization. So, I would answer that question is that the biggest challenge we are facing right now is the effects of the pandemic and all of the watershed contributory effects this massive public health situation has imposed on all of us in acute care.
0: Yeah, well, when you use the words frantic, busy, exciting, and challenging. <laughs> There's a lot going on there. And as you said, there's a lot of external pressures. So let's talk about that and your experience as an RM in four different acute care systems. And now what we're going through with the pandemic, which you just alluded to, what are the critical factors you find to be important to your success as an RM leader and the success of your RM program?
1: A couple of things come to mind. First of all, It's very important these days to be nimble and to be able to be sensitive and responsive to the priorities of the constituents that you are working with. And what I mean by constituents is we support our internal customers, which is our nurses and our physicians, our providers, and our administrators. And so priorities that are important to risk management have certainly been impacted by shifting priorities that our providers are facing. So, for example, I think every healthcare organization has been suffering from the impact of nursing shortage and strain on nursing resources in particular. And so there's been a heavy reliance on outsourced nursing staff in order to support patient care. And that's certainly been a financial drain, but it also introduces to the organization additional risk. You have a lot of nurses and providers that are helping you take care of patients that may not be completely familiar with the way you do things at your organization. So policies and procedures sometimes are deviated from just because of a lack of knowledge on the part of somebody who's at your organization for a short period of time. That's an example. But also we've had to divert our own priorities as a department so that we could be sensitive to what is uppermost in the minds of our senior leaders and our administrators as they try to deal with the financial and the staffing and patient care issues that come along with the pandemic. So for example, we've had to put aside some important projects that we were excited about starting, but we just couldn't focus time and attention to them because we were dealing with more pragmatic considerations,
0: such as the ones that I just mentioned. So obviously the nursing shortage has put a strain on everything, which you just mentioned. And with the pandemic, the nursing shortage and everything going on, it has caused you to put aside some important projects. So when you say you have to be nimble, sensitive and responsive, that's right. So because there is a lot going on and you've got to be able to move at a moment's notice, it feels like. So looking over your career then, what lessons have you learned along the way that have helped prepare you for this moment?
1: First of all, I think it's very important to establish your network within the organization. Establish yourself in your position. And what that means really is is that you're seen as a resource. Your department is seen as a department that will help them accomplish things. It's really a lot of day-to-day interaction with the people at all levels in the organization. Communication and a visible presence, I find, is one of the most important factors to success in being a risk manager. So people at all levels, the administrators need to know you by name and by face and by person. All of the nursing personnel, extremely important to have good liaisons and relationships with nursing leaders, nursing managers, and bedside nurses. Because they are your eyes and ears within the organization, and they are the ones that look to you for assistance and guidance and advice when they're faced with having to make some very difficult decisions. And that's been the name of the game in healthcare, again, in large part because of the prioritization and decision making that comes with having to care for more patients than sometimes an an organization or hospital or you can handle. You have to make hard choices. I've always felt that risk management should not be the department that says, no, you can't do this or that. But risk management should be the department that says, let's look at the pros and cons or the risks and benefits of selecting one option over another option. I think too many times risk managers think their job is to avoid risk by not helping our constituents find a way to do what they want to do that does indeed carry some risk with it, but how to help assist them to mitigate the risk of what it is that they're trying to accomplish. For example, when we're making decisions about surgery cancellations, elective surgeries to be postponed, And even some places have had to make very, very hard decisions about resource allocation. The risk manager should be a resource to help our providers find a way to make these tough decisions, weigh out the risks and the benefits, and help them make as best of a decision as they can, given the circumstances that are happening around them, some of which they have no control over.
0: Yeah, that's really powerful. You said... In your opinion, you think risk management should not be the department that says no. It should be the department that says, hey, let's look at the pros and cons, uh, you know, the risks and the benefits and then select the best option one over the other. So I think that's really important. You also mentioned, you know, establishing your network, establishing your position and making sure that you're seen as a resource. And then you talked about being a liaison and working on relationships. When you have good relationships with people. That's where you build trust among the department. That's really got to be important, right? You said getting out there and being seen. Is that something that risk managers listening to this, younger risk managers, new people in the position, it sounds like you feel that is really important. You've got to get out there, you've got to be seen, and you've got to be building those relationships.
1: Absolutely. I think that is probably my top priority any time I've started a new position, moved to another organization, I've spent the first 8 months of my first year practically doing nothing but getting to know people. And it's more than just having your introductory interview or meeting with the key people that you will need to collaborate throughout your career at any place. But it's really having lots of regular interface with individuals, and I would say the key people for healthcare risk managers are your physician leaders, your physician providers, your nursing leaders, your nursing providers, your ancillary healthcare providers like pharmacy and lab, your security department, your environment of care department. The breadth and the magnitude of your risk program is determined and defined by the liaisons you make with all of the people that work together to provide care for our patient, patients in a safe environment. So the more that you are well known, the faster your credibility will be formed and the sooner people will start using you as a resource. So one indication I use is a measure of am I successful or not in my role is Oddly enough, does my phone ring often during the day? Am I getting lots of calls during the day? Some people would find that to be an annoyance. I find it an indicator that people see me as an important resource and an important member of the team. So that's a very important measure I use to kind of see how effective I am within an organization. Again, one of the impacts of the pandemic is that it's had an extreme effect a negative effect on our ability to have FaceTime, face-to-face time. In-person meetings have been curtailed. We've all moved to a virtual world where virtual meetings occur, even under that scenario where we're all doing virtual Google Meet or Zoom meetings. A small detail, but pertinent to the discussion we're having now, is turn your camera on. I see so many people hiding behind a camera that's turned off. That you're not even having a face-to-face conversation or meeting time, whether it's in a group or with individuals. So it's little details like that that I think are really important.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It's so easy. Turn the camera on and see somebody's face. It's so much more personable that way when you do that. And then you really feel like you're listening and connecting as well. So I think that's so important. Turn the camera on. That's interesting. You say the more the phone rings, you feel that's a measure of how successful you are. True. I love that because I think you're right. Most people would be like, oh God, the phone is ringing again. Oh my God, what do they want now? So I love that you said that. I think that's really important. How else do you measure success, Elizabeth? What else do you look at?
1: Aside from the relational part of things. I also think that it's important to be data driven. So this is kind of getting me into a slightly different direction here. But all of us will resonate with the idea that risk management is a data source. So clearly we're dealing with reports of patient events, reports of patient complaints and grievances, sometimes litigation and lawsuits. It kind of depends on what the scope of each risk manager's role is. But one important thing that we have in our toolbox is the fact that we are a repository of valuable patient risk and safety information. We all have risk management reporting systems. We're all collecting data that measures how many falls, how many pressure ulcers, how many medication mistakes, you know, all of the events that happen in our organization. Well, It's one thing to collect that data, but it's another thing to take it to the next level and turn that data into usable information. And so one of the things that we strive to do here is that we've developed some very effective reports that we share with our patient safety committees, with senior leadership, with physician groups, with nursing units, and we not just measure and count, But we're also looking at what are trends, what are the common causes of these repetitive events that are happening, turning data into useful information so that we can make important changes to our process or policy or just even some of the basic communication issues that lead to error and patient harm.
0: Right. So good. So you're not just measuring and counting it. You're looking at what the data tells you as far as trends and causes and things like that. So putting that good data to use, I think that's important. So let's stick with success for a minute. So those are some measures that you have for yourself and your department when it comes to success. How do you demonstrate to senior leaders, the insurance markets, et cetera, that your risk management is making an impact or is successful?
1: Well, it really does revert back to the data. I think objective data speaks loudly to senior leadership as well as insurance underwriters. And something we've been focused on quite a bit the last six to eight months is actually showing trend changes in adverse events before and after we have implemented a very specific risk management action plan. So let me give you an example. All of us in healthcare have a problem with fall rates and patients that particularly have sometimes pretty serious injuries with fall. What do you do and what are the important things that you might have changed? Or maybe it's an equipment device that you've added Maybe it's a specific type of nurse rounding that's occurring with a specific data sheet where they're collecting information on patients. And whenever we've implemented a new practice or a new policy, we then look at our trend lines to see what was the trend in this event that happened before we implemented this new policy or practice and what happened to the trend after. And in some very clear instances, we've shown a direct impact, a direct change for the good, for the positive, when we really connected the dots and showed not only the trend line, but what did we do differently to address the common themes that we've seen in these
0: frequency types of events. So again, using that data to show what the important things you have changed in the difference they've made. Exactly. And those are things that senior leadership certainly wants to see. So great example, and thank you for that. So a risk manager's job is, I think you said it, uh, there's a lot of external pressures at time, and there's a lot of things going on. Do you have any secrets for staying passionate and engaged in a leadership role when it can be a very demanding job? That's an excellent question because burnout
1: is a big problem, I think, in the area of risk management and patient care in general. Healthcare personnel are burning out in high numbers, doctors are burning out, administrators are, and so are risk managers. So, here is what my personal key to success is. And it's so elementary, it's almost embarrassing to say it, but it's just this simple. Number one, you have to be passionate about healthcare and you have to be passionate about patients. I don't want to speak in a third person because you're asking me what my personal success is. So I'm passionate about healthcare. I have been for a very, very long time. I'm passionate about patients. I'm passionate about wanting care in our hospitals to be safe. I want patients to have optimal outcomes whenever possible. I absolutely enjoy working with nurses. I am a nurse. That's my team. Those are my people. I love working with physicians. They're challenging, complicated personalities, but I love working with doctors. And I enjoy working with nursing leadership. There are politics to any healthcare organizations. So in order to be successful and continue to be passionate. You have to be able to navigate so many levels of people, personality styles, and expectations. And I think it helps to have a healthy life outside of work, to have hobbies and interests where you can divert your time and attention for a while away from, you know, some of the madness of healthcare. And overall, I think I'm generally a happy, optimistic, glasses-half-full person. And frankly, I think that's my simple key to success. <laughs> as I said, it's embarrassingly simple.
0: <laughs> well, sometimes simple is the best. There's no doubting that at all. So I think that's really good. I love that term you use, navigation, navigating so many levels. I think that is so true. But basically, as you said, it comes down to being passionate about health care, being passionate about patients as well, and the care of patients and then loving who you work with. You said you love working with nurses and doctors and nursing leadership. So that, that certainly helps keep you grounded and helps avoiding burnout as well. So uh, some really good tips and good advice from you, Elizabeth. So thank you for that. Well, as we wrap up, is there anything else you'd like to add at all as we talk about surviving the acute care environment as a risk manager?
1: I would just end with this, and that is this job is something that can either be very fulfilling or very depressing. It just really depends on how you look at the opportunity that we are given as risk managers to improve patients' experience in our hospitals. And I think that even though I'm no longer at the bedside providing direct care to patients like I was in my first career, I get great satisfaction out of knowing that my team, my department, the work that we do has a direct impact on patient outcomes. And as I've mentioned throughout this call, I can demonstrate that specifically and objectively through data, but I experience it as well when we get the support and the appreciation from the many team members that we work side by side with every day. So those are my parting words is that if you're not enjoying this and knowing that you're making a contribution and having that be a source of satisfaction for you, those are the things that every risk manager can feel and should be feeling in order to continue on this wonderful opportunity we have to make a difference.
0: Yeah, you said either look at it as it's fulfilling or depressing. Yes. And on the fulfilling side is that you have a direct impact on patient outcomes. And if you are feeling like this is really depressing me or looking at it as this is really depressing, you know, then it's probably time to talk to someone, maybe take a step back, reevaluate. And there are obviously options if you are feeling that way about this career. So if those things are happening, certainly there are people to talk to to help you with that.
1: Absolutely. Very, very important.
0: Yeah. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much. This has really been enlightening and I love talking with you. Thank you so much for your wisdom and advice. Thank you again.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.
0: And once again, that was Elizabeth Huntington, Corporate Risk Officer at Baptist Health in Little Rock. The Ashram podcast is always made possible by the American Society for Healthcare Risk Management, to support efforts to advance safe and trusted healthcare through enterprise risk management. You can visit ashram.org—that's a s h r m.org/membership—to learn more and to become an Ashram member. And we know you want to become a member, so just go ahead and do it. And if you found this podcast helpful, Please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. I'm Bill Claproth. Thanks for listening.